happy Monday, everybody. It is, at least where I live, it is spring. So I hope you're enjoying that. I hope you're experiencing sunshine wherever you are. And you know what? If you aren't, you should find it. I was talking to my coworker this weekend and we were talking about like just the truth of how we all create our own destiny and our happiness and our well-being is up to us at the end of the day and complaining does nothing. So it's important to just keep moving forward and enjoy where you're at and just spread positivity and make people smile because it's more fun. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Paige Boner. Yes, that's really my last name. Um, And I started this about two and a half years ago and it's been a whirlwind. And today's guest is so near and dear to my heart because he was one of my first guests ever. He's my first returning guest to the podcast. I've never had a returning guest on the pod before. So he is my, you know, first returning guest. Also, he is one of the first people I ever told about it's hard. And I told this person uh, about the idea and they just cheered me on and encouraged me. And it's been just an amazing journey ever since. So um, I'm really excited to have him on the show today, Mark Dowdle. I'm sure a lot of you know Mark. No, Mark is one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, and I was lucky enough. He was in Utah driving through for work and we got to do this live and in person, which for me being that a lot of my interviews or conversations have been virtual has been, it was just an amazing experience. And him and I, you know, our friendship started a long time ago and we're trying to figure out our new dynamic and who we are to each other as friends and what we can do for each other. So it's a great episode about friendship. Mark is an accomplished runner. Um, He's philanthropic. He is incredibly inspiring. His life has, he's been an, you know, inspiration of somebody who has taken their life into their own hands on that topic and has created such a beautiful, fulfilling and joyful life for himself. So I'm so excited for you to hear more about, you know, the last two years and how much has changed just for him in the last two years. So this episode is so great. If you want to follow Mark on Instagram, he is Mark Dowdle. That's D-O-W-D-L-E 22 on Instagram. And this is where he talks a lot about running. He also shares a lot about, you know, his journeys and his different things that he's doing to be involved in the community. He also shares thoughts and feelings and um, is really motivational in that regard. He works for Busy Coffee, so he talks a lot about Busy, which we love Busy, best cold brew out there. So definitely pick some up if you have it available in your store. Um, and he's just, you know, continuing these new goals of making these large runs. He ran across the entire state of Minnesota last year. So this guy is wild. He is amazing. So can't wait for you to hear from him. Uh, We talk about so many different things in this episode and I hope something within it resonates with you. And if it does, please share with a friend. Um, Please share this on social media. We're most active on Instagram. So we'd love to hear from you over there. I'm at It's Hard Podcast. Mark's at MarkDowdle22. 
and also rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This is a huge way that we grow. I say this in every episode. I really mean it. Um, we have 69 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is funny. Um, and I would love if we could continue to to grow that and get into like that 100 ball mark. So if you're a listener to the pod and you haven't left a review, um, again, that's a really great way to show appreciation and you know involvement in this community and wanting us to grow to the next level. So please, please, please go write a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts so that we can make it to that next level. And just a reminder, NAMI Utah Walk is um, on May 21st, and I'm really excited. I have a team, and I would love for you to donate if you can't make it. Um, I'm trying to raise $1,000 for NAMI. So that's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. This is obviously an organization close to my heart, so I would love it if you would take the time to uh, donate or be involved in some capacity. So thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from y'all and we'll see you next week. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Y'all know how passionate I am about therapy and how much of an advocate I am for everyone using therapy as part of their mental health journey. You might be wondering, what is therapy? I've, you know, maybe heard of it. Obviously, we kind of all understand what it is, but there's still this large stigma around it that it's something that you only go to if something is wrong with you or if you have major problems or it's something to be embarrassed about. But therapy truly can be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you just want some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Maybe you're not dealing well with stress or you're finding a lot of conflict within the relationships that you're experiencing. Therapy is a tool that you can use in order to become more self self-aware and to better understand who you are at your core. And BetterHelp is here to make it so seamless and so easy so that you can access therapy at an affordable and easy way. BetterHelp is online therapy. It's completely online and they offer many different packages based on what you can afford. There's also financial aid involved as well. And you can easily switch your therapist. I know sometimes that you and your therapist might not click. Those first couple tries might be really hard. And that's an essential part of therapy is to ensure that you and your therapist have a strong connection. Not only does it benefit you as the client, but it also benefits your therapist to have somebody who they feel as though they can connect with too. BetterHelp allows you to switch your therapist free of charge at any point to ensure that you are getting the best experience possible. BetterHelp is completely customizable online therapy. It offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and its hard listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash it's hard. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash it's hard. Hi. Odie, Odie. (laughs) 
I'm kind of nervous. I, I'm a little bit too. Are you? Yeah. Tell me why. I'm a little bit nervous because it's been so long. Yeah. It's also, there's so much we could talk about. And so I was thinking a little bit about where we could go. And a lot of it, I was like, I think it's going to all depend on how I answer the question. So how are you doing today? Um, and, you know, it's funny because when you said, like when we were talking about the last podcast, yeah, I turned it on when I was in the shower. Oh, you did? Yeah. So for reference, I'm assuming we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling. Yeah. So always for, be rolling. Always be rolling. So for reference, for people listening, um, I'm out in Salt Lake City with Paige and Jack. Uh, I'm on a work road trip living out of the company van. <laughs> and uh, we're here for the weekend. So I just got in the shower and, you know, which I'm reminded of how hairy I am every time <laughs> <laughs> I shower. There's just a trail of hair in the shower. Hey, that's like me. So, you know, yeah. it's nothing new. So I was listening to... Uh, some of the podcasts that we did two years ago. Yeah. And it was a good full circle moment really? because a lot of the conversations that we had, Jack and I had last night, um, I remember I, I the first thing I turned to in that podcast was uh, me not knowing how to control my ego and allowing it to control me and get super angry. Mm. And having this cycle of football uh, releasing the anger on other people and using it as like a force and then holding on to that, bottling it up, storing it and letting it like build up inside me only to be used again throughout the week. And mm -hmm. during that time of our podcast, I was learning to deal with that and not let it build up and, I think over the last two years, I've learned to sort of suppress it in what I have thought to be a healthy way. Mm. And I felt at peace a lot and that's been super helpful. But at the same time, um, sort of like what we were talking about downstairs is like, it's more than okay to feel strong and sturdy and mm. stable in your own skin and who you are. And yesterday when I went to lift, I was just feeling um, just f super nonchalant, like uh, numb almost. Mm. And I was like, I want to use this anger that I have spent so much time suppressing. That's what lifting has helped me do is like, it's okay to be a monster, quote unquote, mm -hmm. when you use it in the right way and you have control over when it comes out. Mm. And so it was, it was cool to have that conversation last night with Jack and talk about feeling numb and feeling like not wanting to let the ego overtake us. And then like the first thing I listened to today from the last two years ago's podcast was talking about not wanting to have that at all. That's insane. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I, and it's been interesting and I want to like talk about this with you of just like, it's been, having you here has been interesting for me mm. because we don't see each other as much as we used to. Right. And a lot of what you were talking about just now, like that comfort in your own skin and like this feeling, I just think I've been revisiting 
who we were two years ago mm. and what our friendship looked like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling this sense of like insecurity or not enoughness, which seems to be a pattern in my life right now, which you know of, but like, I don't know if it's like this sense of like, I feel like I haven't kept up with you Mm. in the way that you've evolved and like pushed forward. And then like having you here has been like amazing. But also for me, it's been like, fuck, am I not enough for him Mm. anymore? Mm. And this is like, so just, I mean, I'm being raw because I was like literally struggling with this last night. Like I was like, Fuck. I was just like, I feel like I haven't been myself this weekend. I've been off. I've been like trying to say the right things and trying to do the right things. And I just, I'm like overwhelming myself with this sense of, and it probably has to do with the ego, right? Of like wanting to be something and not accepting that where I am right now is perfectly okay. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, One, release the pressure (laughs) (laughs) right away. (laughs) You're good. Um, I think a lot of what I said to you last night uh, at the table when you're like, are you going to meet with this person while you're out here? And I'm like, no, because I've met them. And um, the only reason to continue meeting them would be for not a reason that would be... I don't know how I put it, but it was you like, said it was it was it going to be transactional or is yeah. it going to be an actual friendship? Yes. And it, I've identified it as more of like a transactional, like I can see them helping me more in a external type of way. And, um, I think that's like going off what you just said. It's like, just release the expectation to have to be something other than just be like, I'm finding I'm myself is like cynical with social media and like (laughs) all of these things of like feeling like I have to put stuff out or I have to be a certain way. And it's like, no, yes, you don't have to. And it, that's even more so when you show up and like when we're seeing each other for the first time in a long time, there's no, there's no need to be as dominant quote unquote or, um, feel like if I haven't progressed since the last time I saw that person, like there's no, you could take 10 steps back and like, I'll be here for you (laughs) type of thing. So there's no need. Yeah. I don't know. Not to, not to diminish. It's a, no, it's helpful. Yeah. And I love what you said about social media because that's something I've been struggling with a lot is this feeling of have to Mm -hmm. and, you get it because you're trying to build something too. And it's like this sense of you have to show up and there's all these rules, you know? And it, I told Jack last night, I was like, I feel inauthentic. I feel like I've lost me Mm. and who I want to be because I'm sitting here trying to be something that I feel like I have to be. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way of like trying to live up to some expectation that I don't know who sets it. I think I set it in my own freaking brain, honestly, mm. of like constantly beating myself up for maybe not having the conversation that I want to have or not diving deeper into that or not keeping things flowing or doing all these different things. And it's just after a while, you just get tired. Mm. And we talked about this yesterday from the perspective of you feel like you're in this place of things are good. 
and like life is just kind of flowing as it's flowing right now. And it's hard sometimes to be in that space when you're such a growth and development person and be okay with things are good. Mm -hmm. I don't have to work on things. And I feel like maybe that's what's been interesting about this time of us together is like in the past, there's always been something that you're working on mm -hmm. and we get to talk through it. Mm -hmm. And like, I just love that. Like yeah. love when we like dig <laughs> and we're like, what's going on. But this time you're like, life's good. And I'm like, wait a second. What's that like? Mm. You know, like how do you approach that mm. of like life is as it is right now. And I feel content. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like, where does that leave? Like, what do we talk about? Right. Uh, that is, I don't know that. I think it's for, for people like us who are trying to always work on things. It's like, that is the thing to work on. That is the thing to like release the pressure and be okay with just go out and live and make mistakes and, and, and be okay with, cause does come from a place of like we're trying to control the situation and mm -hmm. we shouldn't even try and control the situation um yeah i don't know I, I feel like there's a lot on the horizon for the both of us but at the same time uh i'm just kind of wait not not in a bad way but i'm ready for shit to hit the fan mm -hmm. because i through our conversation like it sounds like we're both ready for it and um, not that you ever want to prey on bad things, but it's like, it's kind of like a test of time. Like how strong am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how long can I stay in this space and what will I do when that next challenge comes about? Mm. Like I feel competitive. Like I'm always like competitive with myself of like, what's the next thing that life's going to throw at me? And like, how am I going to overcome? Mm. Because like we've been here before, right? Mm. Like you know, whether that's something you're going through currently or you've been through in the past, whatever that is, or it's something new, but like you can draw on past experiences and then it becomes this sort of like, yeah, I'm ready for things to go wrong because I know I can overcome in the moment. It fucking sucks. But I think like at least lately and maybe you've been in this place before, it's like sometimes the war of your mind is like the biggest war that ever exists. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm, totally. It, yes. There's, <laughs> I was writing about this the other day. It's like, there's people that do, there's people that don't. And then there are those who are lost in between. Mm. And I was in that space for a long, long time. Um, and we've gone back and forth on this, just on relationships and people in our past and not knowing what decision to make. Um, what's right, what's healthy. And um, that's where what's really helped make decisions for me is journaling. Mm -hmm. um, but the longer you spend time in a place where you are constantly questioning or you're trying to, there's a certain point where a decision has to be made. And, and I think a lot of times, like for me, I was putting things in, in my own way of like, okay, like, um, I don't know how specific I should get with this, but 
do whatever you yeah. want. Um, just in a, in an old relationship, it, there was a lot of time on the road. So I'm out, I'm out on the road for five, six weeks at a time and I'm journaling and I'm, and I'm writing and I'm trying to fix internal problems going on in a relationship. And at a certain point, it's just like, you have to make a decision and you have to be confident about that decision and know that choosing you at the end of the day is, is not a selfish decision. Mm. It's, I don't know. I, I How did you get to that point? To what point? Like the point of realizing that choosing yourself. Uh, the reason I ask is I think so many people and it I think it depends on the situation, right? But like so many people sit in this realm and I know you were in this realm of like I don't want to hurt that other person. I'm so concerned about that other person, how they feel and making sure that they're okay because I, I do love them. But at some point you have to decide that what's best for you is what's best for you. And choosing that path would be the best thing for you, whatever that path might be. Yeah. I just look at it. I, what helped me was support from people around me, but I also looked at it in terms of in what other areas have I made that decision? Like going back to how we started uh, all of those things from the first podcast we did were like decisions that I had to make myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started and when I was going through a really massive breaking point in school of you know, like, okay, the problems going on in my life aren't just happenstance mm-hmm. or aren't just a product of me being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It came down to me making poor decisions. And when I took ownership of those decisions and I took ownership of the process of me making those decisions, um, life got better. Mm. Um, and I think uh, sometimes I would feel like out of control, like things were happening to me and um, like people in my life it, it just, there wasn't a fit going on there. It wasn't meshing well. Mm-hmm. And it's, I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. Like I felt stuck and it reminded me of being back in school. It reminded me of being back in that place where all these things I felt were happening to me instead of for me. And being at the center of that, it's like, I can make the decision to get out of this. Mm. Um, and it's hard and it's, yeah, it's it is, and <laughs> it's the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, but it's it's understanding that um, the decision that's best for you might also be best for everybody involved. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, so starting from a place of like getting to that point was heavy reflection and. Then knowing when it's time to make the decision. And a lot of that comes from being super self-aware of, am I asking the question just so I don't have to like, ma- like find the answer and make the decision with that, that, that answer. Um, and it's, it honestly, it takes courage. It just takes courage to step out and do it. But once you do, um, in any situation, you're, you're going to feel much better than what you would do. <laughs> Um, we've had a lot of conversations around that and uh, gratitude is something that comes to mind of just being able to 
be in this space and look back and like not just relationship wise but like self-destructive decisions in a lot of different things a lot of different areas it all comes down to ownership accountability and um, asking for support mm-hmm. like I remember <laughs> I remember calling you or texting you and I was like really going through it and uh, this just ha- like this situation just happened to me and I don't know how to feel in this situation because I'm feeling a hundred different feelings right now yep and you're just like that's normal <laughs> like that's okay <laughs> And I think being able to have people like you, ha- people have like my sister, oh. p- people in my life that I could reach out to at different points throughout the process, it just was super helpful to know that, okay, what I'm going through is normal and these feelings, I should just listen to them. Yeah. Like that was the biggest thing after was not being too hung up on what I was feeling, but uh, allowing that, allowing myself to feel and that has that was really helpful in like getting through it mm-hmm. and getting through it in a healthy way because in the past it was suppress 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 and now I was like I'm gonna feel all of this <laughs> and I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna get angry and that's okay yeah that's so good and it and like you said like it takes courage and I think it takes courage to ask for help mm. Like for you that day that you called me and we talked, it was like, that's not an easy thing to do. Like I, I struggle with that too of like, am I going to be bothering them? Am I going to, you know, it's like you play all these mind games with yourself, but like to just step out and be like, no, I need help. And I know that this is a person who can help me or that can support me in this way. Like even just your sister, like those things that she said of just, I still use her quote to this day Mm. (laughs) like it's just so cool to have that courage and important to have that courage to be able to ask for that help and I love what you said about the ownership aspect to know that things are happening for you but also that you have ownership over the decisions that you are making and that at the end of the day this war in our mind and these feelings and all this stuff like we are in control in the sense that this is who we are and the way we approach it is how we can own it. Mm. If that makes sense. Like you said, you know, I'm going to feel all the feelings like that's taking ownership of your struggles and just being like allowing this to exist within you. Totally. Yeah. And, and it sounds like knowing, knowing the places that you can allow yourself to feel is really important. Like, taking a step back from a specific example and just looking at um, feeling uh, reflective in the past. I was having a conversation with Josh last night about um, going back to places where a key memory is stored for you. And for me, this was back in, this is, a year or two ago. So this was well after we recorded our podcast and I was in Texas and we had a quarterfinal game for football back in 2017 in, in a stadium in Texas. Mm. And I went back to that place because it was such a reminder of the, the shit storm that was my junior year of, I had gotten in trouble for my third time. I got like, I was in trouble with my sports team and um, 
I had walked into that game that we lost with all this baggage of off the field issues. And as I sat in the stadium two years after, I was watching myself and it felt really powerful because I was sitting in the stadium watching myself and I knew everything about that individual that nobody else in the stadium knew. And I could see the struggle. I could see, I could see the goofballness. <laughs> I could see the jackassness. I, I could see all the baggage that that person was carrying in. And for the first time, I was able to forgive myself. Mm. And I just sat in there and I got emotional. And I sat in there for an hour and a half just watching myself. And being grateful that I could sit in the stands now and sit in a different seat with a different perspective and say, it's going to be okay. Mm. And the coolest part about that is I still feel that, that sense of relief to this day. Mm. And it's, it's, it's wild because I went skydiving a day or two after and I thought, like, this is going to be the most freeing feeling ever. I'm going to jump from a plane. And that sense of, like, ultimate release lasted maybe three hours. <laughs> but that, that really long, like, reflective moment has still lasted to this day. Yeah. And so that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to go back to places both good and bad. I love going back to the bad because those are place that I, places that really I'd love to avoid. And so that's why I know going back to them. Like it's easy to go back to the good spots. Like after my runs, I go back to those places like in Stillwater when we went for that walk. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went back and I did the final two miles of our run. Yeah. And I just sat in those moments and I journaled and I could feel the energy of the people that were there in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that was super awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I, I, I'd like to encourage, I encouraged Josh and Jack last night, but I'd like to encourage anybody who is feeling a certain way about a moment in their past, try going back to that place mm. um, and sitting in it and just allowing your insight and your perspective today to lead the person that you're going back to mm. and offer that advice to them and offer them that perspective because you're still here today, yeah. right? So that means you've survived everything in between, which means you have the power. You are empowered. And you can go back to that place and empower that old self and say, hey, I'm here, I'm here with you now, and everything is going to be okay. And I'm living proof of that. That's the most important thing. And that's something that I found super important and super helpful for me. And it's, it's, I was thinking about this last night of filling voids and how we try and fill voids to feel more complete. Mm. And, what I found through this process is I don't need to fill it with anything. I just need to 
wash clean those spaces that are empty. Mm. So it's not f- giving more, it's releasing more. Mm. It's like, do you need, in order to be wealthy, do you need to acquire more or require less? Mm. And, and like, I felt more fulfilled, more alive by allowing myself to release of things that I no longer need. And a lot of that is emotional baggage. A lot of that is things that I'm holding tightly onto because I think I need it to drive me forward. (laughs) I am so excited for this new partnership. I know y'all are out there living your life with dry ass lips. Maybe you're kissing people, you're doing things, but no more. You want high quality, all natural chapstick. I've got the brand for you. I had Josh Newman on the podcast about two months ago or so, and he is the founder of Kind Lips, and it's all centered around speaking kindness, raising awareness for mental health, and ending bullying. So 20% of his proceeds go towards the mission to end bullying and also to raise awareness for mental health. And I could just not be more aligned with this company. They also are all natural ingredients, which is amazing. When you're putting stuff on your lips, it's going in your mouth. It's you're ingesting it. You want to make sure that your ingredients are completely clean. And also his mission is to make sure that you apply chapstick less. So we know those brands out there where you're constantly applying because they're trying to get you to buy more tubes. That's not his goal here. Obviously, it would help him if he, you know, wanted you to buy more tubes, but truly he wants this to be high quality chapstick that you find yourself using, you know, once or twice a day. And that's enough. Um, the flavors, I never know if you're supposed to say flavors, but they're impeccable. I love the sweet mint and the Georgia peach. Those are my favorites, but they're this subtle kind of taste to them and smell without being overly intense um, and kind of annoying, like the ones we used to like wear on our necks when we were kids. So I could not recommend this brand enough. Their mission is so aligned with what we do here. It's hard. And then also the quality of the chapstick is unreal. And you my It's Hard listeners get 10% off your purchase at kindlips.com using the code It's Hard. So go get a couple bucks off your first couple tubes. I suggest getting the variety pack, trying all the flavors. That's the best thing to do for, I would say, strawberries, also a great one. Um, and they have a bunch of different options on there and you can get single tubes as well. So go on their website right now, kindlips.com. Use the code. It's hard to get 10% off your purchase at kindlips. I just like, I'm getting emotional because I'm thinking about like going back to those places, like for myself, like there's so many places that I carry so much from. And a big reason why I left Minnesota was because of these things. And my mom and I actually talked about this, that like there is this sense of running away mm-hmm. from that and trying to run as far away from possible instead of looking it in the face. And I just think about in my head, I'm thinking about those spaces. I encourage you're right. Like everyone should do this. Like go back to that place of like severe pain and to look at how far you come. Like, holy fuck. Like in those moments, you probably felt this too. Like, I didn't think I'd be where I am today. Mm. I didn't know if I'd survive. I didn't know if I would make it the next week. I didn't know if I was going to make it out of the situation I was in. And to be able to tell that person, like, Mm. you made it out of that. And like, look how, you know, beautiful your life is now. 
it really puts things into perspective of like those day to days that exist now is nowhere near the pain mm. I was experiencing in the day to days back then. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It puts a lot of things in perspective. Do you feel like that person, when you're sitting in that those stands, do you feel like that person is still in you? Mm. I used to think yes. And I think in a, in a lot of ways that person is still alive, but it's more of a lot would have to go wrong in order for me to go back to that place. So I, w- how I think about that answering that question is can I be that person again? Mm. And I think yes. I think, like I said, a lot would have to go in the wrong direction. Um, So the quick answer is yes, but I lean more now to saying no because at a certain point I have to just let that go Mm. Um, because a part of the giving up of all of those things and the whole point of going through that process is to shake hands with that person and say, okay, I, I'm visiting you and now I must go Mm. because the longer I hold on to moments that are no longer a part of today, although they have been an important part of how I got to today, the longer I hold on to it, the longer I keep some of those things alive. Yeah. And they're just some like sometimes they're just meant to stay back there. Like I've learned I've I've learned from those moments and there may be other things that come up in the day to day that I can learn, but the whole point of going to that space and being there super intentionally and not leaving until I felt it's time to go. I don't want to continue to carry it with me. Mm. So it's like a yes and no, Mm -hmm. but it's more like it's not serving me because I've learned and I've, it's, I've I've forgiven myself. And so the forgiving is closing the chapter Mm. until I'm able to forgive myself in certain moments. Then that chapter will remain open. And so the whole, my whole process is with the journaling is like going back so I can close that chapter mm. because then I'm just carrying things with me and I, it's, it's going to continue to pile up because every day I'm experiencing. And so what am I going to spend the next 60 years of my life? Just the backpack yeah, getting bigger just, and yeah, bigger. Yeah, like the whole point is to release. The whole point mm-hmm. is to let those things go. So, um, yeah, kind of like a weird way to answer that question. But no, I love that. It is so helpful. I mean, I feel like this is like a therapy session for me, but hopefully it's helpful for other people too. But like, it's a sense of 
I know for myself, like I need to go and release a lot of stuff. Mm. There's stuff, my backpack's getting bigger and bigger every single day. And that's probably what accelerates issues or mind stuff and mental health and all that stuff is when we don't release, we're continually adding. And that just adds more and more pressure to the problem. Mm -hmm. And then little things seem bigger because there's more to it than just well, this little tiny thing happened, and so I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. I felt less than in that one situation with you, right? But it's deeper than that. Like we talked about yesterday, I'm having problems with not being enough in many aspects of my life. So to feel that in the space with you is not your fault. It's not about you directly. It's about everything else that I'm carrying and I'm not releasing mm. right now. And then I'm just letting it all pile up on top of things and then like little things like this is making me explode. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So that makes complete sense. And so do you think like journaling's a big release? Like what are other releases that you've seen maybe other people do or, I mean, I know everyone's different. They need different ways to do it, but yeah, my sanctuary, my, my two places have always been, I take the journaling to a whole new level by going back and like when I finish a journal, it'll be anywhere from like seven to eight months and I will spend a full day going back and reading that all the way through because it's, it's been helpful for me to see consistent themes of things that have brought me joy and things that have taken joy away Mm -hmm. and being able to identify those things it's almost like like New Year's resolution, like New Year, these are the things I'm leaving behind, these are the things that I'm carrying with me, but you have to really understand what those things are and be able to identify them. Mm-hmm. Because when I start that n- next journal, if these things are going to continue to carry on, well, that's not, that's that's going to leave me at the end of this journal thinking, I spent seven months going through this thing and now I'm spending another seven months going through the same thing. Like what is it? And I need to identify it and I need to cut it out or start to work on it. Mm. Um, and, and running for me. Yeah. yeah. has been super helpful. And the running has evolved. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, let's talk about this because it's changed since we last talked mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Like, so much. <laughs> so let's talk about that journey. Um, I'm trying to remember where. Okay, so where it started last was I was about to go for like a just an ultra race in like Texas or something or Arizona, and I was doing a lot of races, and then I did um, a, a calendar club challenge, where you run the number of miles equivalent to the day, and it was the month of April. I can't and at the end of that month, it was 470 miles, and I finished, and I was like, this is it? Like, yeah. this is cool, but, like, I don't feel much of anything. And in that moment, it was midnight, and I was just like, I want, I want to... I want to be around people in this, and I want this to help other people 
because it's helping me, but not in the ways that I think it should, like winning races or doing these challenges as like a look at me, like how can I bring more people together through that? Um, and so uh, I started running and uh, at the time, my friend Blake, who played football with me at St. Thomas, his mom was going through the end of her battle with pancreatic cancer and um, in like a response to try and raise money for pancreatic cancer and start a nonprofit in her name, I told Blake and his dad, John, uh, well, why don't, why don't I run from Duluth to St. Paul? I like to run. I like to do crazy things. <laughs> Let's incorporate raising money and start a nonprofit in her name. And so we did that. And we um, got an official nonprofit started. And it's just sort of progressed in this way of, so last year we ran across the state of Minnesota. This upcoming fall, we're going to have a much larger run, Mm -hmm. which which we'll get to at another day. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But no, running has evolved into this this thing that has has turned into everything outside of running it's it's um like this thing i'm focusing on right now is conversations that you wish you could have had Mm. so through the running it's when we're out there for four days and nothing else in the world matters except for that experience, the people that are there. Like, there's just so much love going on. And it's, it's love, and it's a situation that's kind of derived from a painful experience, Lori's passing. And for me personally in the running, that's derived from a painful place, too, of trying to put myself together. And mm. so it, it kind of is like this, this combination of people coming together and having this common place where they can share in their pain and through that pain have hope and create hope. And so it's like, how can we use pain to drive for a hopeful future? Mm. And with death being one of the aspects of that, there's conversations that people can no longer have with someone who's passed away. Um, And so it's like, how can we, whether you're uh, impacted by someone who has passed away or there's someone in your past life who you just are no longer in contact with that you wish you could say something to them, but you either because of your own ego or because something going on or there's circumstance like death, like you no longer have that opportunity to say something. Mm. And so right now it's like trying to focus on what are these conversations and how can we, how can we learn to get to a place where we can have them and forgive ourselves for not have having them and then spend time like, like we talked about earlier, releasing that baggage. Mm. And, and so it's just, mo- it's trying to take the running and really making it into the spiritual journey because yeah. that's really what 
like if you ask anybody excuse me if you ask anybody who has been in the moment with us and which I'm I'm loving because after the first year it was John Blake and Andrew and Sarah and I mm-hmm. it was just four of us and when people would ask us like how was the run it's like we can't explain it to you yeah we can't explain it like have you ever had a hug where you didn't have to say anything, but you could feel this full body, like love, like being emitted to you? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you can't, you have to feel it. It's quite literally a drug, mm-hmm. but it's natural and it's real. And so to try and explain that to someone, it's not possible. They have to experience it. And so for this last run, this, this past year, like more people came out. And so I'm loving seeing people come back to me and be like, yo, I don't know how to talk to people about this. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm like, welcome, welcome yeah. to my world. <laughs> like, but that's really cool because it's touching more people. And I have a friend, Alex V. Jones, who texted me a month or two ago. And he's like, what, what's your run? What are the dates of your run this year? Uh, because I'm spending my, my vacation days coming out and so it's like someone's willing to spend the days that they have vacation-wise with work to come out and be a part of this run. Yeah. And and that's the coolest part. It's like people just want to be involved because they got something insane out of it spiritually. Yes. And they were able to come. Like when you're 2 a.m. in Monticello, Minnesota, and you've gone 210 miles – and you can have a conversation with someone about some of the most painful things that you've experienced and know that this is like a safe ground to have that conversation because all guards are down and like it's 2 a.m. in Monticello <laughs> <laughs> and you're just yeah. hating life. Right. But it's like to be able to have those conversations and to be able to create a space where people can feel comfortable sharing in pain and know that. Uh, pain shared is 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 really watering hope like it's really watering um watering like the fruits of tomorrow like Mm. you can't have a hopeful future you can't have a better tomorrow without first realizing you've come from a painful place we've all come from painful places and that's okay Mm. and i think the best place to do that is through a long journey like it's this is different. Like this is, this is a conversation where we're like, we're taking time to do so, but not everybody feels comfortable doing this. Yeah. But if people can come out and experience something and watch like, wow, this person's dying on the side of the highway and then he's going to get up and keep running. It's just been able, I've seen and heard people be like, I want to, I want to take on challenges in my life now too. So the running has been awesome. The running's <laughs> been amazing. The running's transformed. But it's so it's so much. I love how you've shared and I've seen it be so much more than just running. And like you, you could probably go to a bunch of different races and you could try to win. You could do all those things, right? Which is another form of, of greatness and, and beauty. But you're taking it and creating something new and original that is serving people more than probably it's even, I mean, it's serving you in so many ways, but it's mm. also serving these people in ways that you probably never even thought. I mean, you had great stories about people who didn't think that they could run 
the distances that they ran? Was right. it your brother? Yeah, my brother had, I don't think he'd ever done more than a half marathon. Nobody, so I had five or six people come out and finish the run with me. And uh, none of which had done over a half marathon. And my brother ran the last 43 miles straight with me. My sister, Erin, did close to 30. And then Bundy, uh, V-Jumps, um, Charlie Venable, all guys that I'd played lacrosse with, which was so eye-opening to see that, oh, they weren't just teammates in college. They are teammates in life as well. Mm. And all of them did uh, 30 miles or more. And so it was like, to see... So Charlie, for instance, he told I kind of kind of suckered him into doing it. <laughs> I we were at this lacrosse alumni game, and I'm like, yeah, so I'm gonna do this thing, and these are the people that are coming. And Charlie's like, well, I guess I have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of put him into it. Um, but he uh, he told his parents about it, and his parents sort of chuckled at him and were like, "There's no way you can run 27 miles." And not only did he do that, he crushed it and he ran 30. And at the end of it, uh, he just gave me a big old hug and he said, I love you and I hate you, <laughs> but I love you because this is something that I would never have thought of doing. And it's like to be able to like p imagining him, what gives me great joy is like imagining him going back to his family and being like, I told you so. Yes. And, and I did more. And I did thought. more. And I think it's a great example of there are going to be so many people, like people that even love you and have your best interests in mind that are going to doubt you or think that you can't do something. And it's easy to listen to that a lot of times. It's easy to be like, okay, this is somebody I trust more than anyone. And if they say it's going to be hard for me to do and I shouldn't give it a try or it's very unlikely that I'm going to succeed at it, then they're probably right because why would they tell me something that they don't have my best interest in mind? Mm. And to know that he now has like that empowerment to be like, Oh, okay. Like I knew I could do something even when everybody else around me who loved me didn't think I can. Like what are some other things in my life that I can do that other people don't think I can do that I know I can do or at mm. least give a try to. And so that, like, I don't know, like the, the run is super cool, but it's all these other things that uh, percolate from that, that I'm like, I just, I, when I'm on a run today, I, I think about where I'm like, that's helped somebody. Yeah. And I know it because they've told me mm. and for them to hate me and love me <laughs> on the run. It's like, that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I felt that way at the $5.5K that one time. I hated you a little bit. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but I didn't leave you. You didn't leave I me? I didn't leave you. You never left me? Yeah. Like, you should just leave me. <laughs> Are you enjoying this episode so far? If so, please take the time to rate and leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. You also can press the follow button on Spotify and ask for notifications every time a new episode comes out. This is the best way for us to grow and reach as many people as possible as we start to talk more vulnerably about mental health and things that are relatable to all of us. Also, you can take the time to share this episode with a friend via text message or on social media to also grow the awareness and make sure that people understand that they're not alone.
Thank you so much for listening to It's Hard. Let's get back to the episode. But I, what about when it's an internal, I don't think I can do this. Mm. I'm asking for myself because I don't think I could do that or I have this story in my head that I don't think I can do that. Has anyone else expressed that thought of like, I didn't think I could do this, but then I did it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll speak from my own experience because there's times when I'm on that run where I don't think I can do it Mm. or I, I think I can do it and I know I can do it, but I know it's going to be much more difficult than I had originally planned for. Um, and so what has gotten me through those times is when I was out there, all I needed to hear from people, there was a moment out there when I was really going through it. This is the third day. And Blake, Mm -hmm. who Blake did 130 miles. So this is a 273 mile run from Fargo to Stillwater and Blake accompanied me for 130 of them mind you blake did not train for this he ran a couple miles a week but like that like that to me is super inspirational because it's like somebody who should not be able to run that amount over excelled overachieved and it's like what's driving him yeah and I think it comes down to having that belief in yourself. And when I'm out there and I was going through the worst of it, I had Blake to my left and my sister, Aaron to my right. And I was like just hobbling, feeling really crappy. And all they were telling me was, Mark, we believe in you. Ne- the next step is because at this point we had surpassed the 160 mile mark, which was what we finished on last year. And they're like, every step you take is a new accomplishment. Mm. Every step you take, you've broken a record that you set by yourself last year. And we love you and we're not leaving your side. And so that like, those were the things that allowed me to continue forward. That's all I needed to hear. And I think about how important that is to hear in just the day to day of like, Today, Mm. you're setting a new record for yourself that yesterday, maybe you didn't think you could make it to. So when you wake up today, and this isn't easy, like I've messed this up every day. I'm still trying to instill this in myself. And you think after running 273 (laughs) miles, you'd get this figured out. But (laughs) no, this is a... This is a... It's fucking life. It's a process. (laughs) But after... Every single day you wake up, you're setting a new record for yourself. And as long as you have people in your corner that are not only loving you, but voicing. I remember that was one thing we talked about last time was how important it was for my roommates in college to tell me that they were proud of me when I was cleaning up my drinking. Mm -hmm. And it it was... it was so it was so empowering and it felt so good to hear that people i cared about were recognizing a change and letting me know how they felt about it because that gave me more power to continue striding forward and so it's like the first step is you have to recognize that 
you're here today and you made it to today, no matter what happened yesterday. And the second is knowing that the people you surround yourself that are going to help encourage you and hold you accountable are like, those are, those to me are the two most important things. Like I don't, if I have those two things, um, I, I can make it. Yeah. That's really good. And it's just like the power of someone telling you that they love you. Like I just, I think so often about that too. Like, and I talked again with about this with my mom of like her telling me like she misses me and Mm -hmm. she loves me and like all this stuff. It's like, it is so much more powerful than I think we give it credit for. And I think we take it for granted and we need to tell people that too, of like those people that are like, I love you and Mm -hmm. like, I'm proud of you and like reminding people of that. Cause I think it's also so easy to think, Oh, well they've got so much support. Even like, I think I felt this way when you were doing the run of like, God, he's got so many people there and they're all there physically and like all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And this feeling of like, am I going to be able to like, show him that support in the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. But like to just send someone something, I love you. I'm proud of you, whatever. Like that can make as much of an impact on someone's life and can change the trajectory of what they think they can achieve. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and it's also releasing the pressure of having to be as good Mm. or be as, supportive as somebody else is like i say this all the time that that run doesn't take place without every single donation every single uh message whether you showed up and were there in person which we had people do or you just sent hey sending support in a dm and that was it like every single message mattered because it wasn't just the one message it was all the messages compiled on to each other yep that made the difference. And so, I mean, that, I mean, that could be a simple text that you send to your parent or, um, a friend, or you could video message them, <laughs> which I love to do. You love video. Love We're going to talk it. about We're that. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be like, I've been writing letters to friends and, uh, to people I care about. And, that's been a cool message too. Like that's been a cool mode. And sometimes I get in my way of like, okay, I've written so many letters where I feel like if, like, I feel like a text isn't good enough now if I just send someone a text. (laughs) And it's like, there are many different ways that you can show your support to people. And it's okay if you balance out with all of them. Yes. I love the release, the pressure. Like that just in so many different aspects of our lives. Cause we put so much pressure on ourselves to be the best and good mm-hmm. and all. I mean, we talked about this with Jack yesterday. It's like that competitive nature. He wants to be the best yeah. at what he's doing. Right. And I do this. I'm like, I want to be the best at everything I do. And it's just, it's, it's not possible. A, like you can't be the best at 17 different things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also it doesn't matter. It's more about like, what do those moments mean and what do these things mean and what are you driven by and happy with and passionate about? It's not about how others perceive you. It's about what works for you mm. as long as you're you know, serving yourself and serving others and being a positive impact in the world. Mm-hmm. Deep breath here. <sighs> <laughs> That's good. 
Do you want to sing us a song? Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going there. Not yet, no. Uh, <laughs> um, can we talk about heartbreak? We can. You don't seem excited. We could talk about it. A little bit. I feel like we danced around it a little bit earlier. We did. What questions do you have? <laughs> well, how about you ask some questions and... Uh, We'll see. Is that what I'm supposed to do on yeah, these? Yeah. Is ask questions? Yeah. I didn't know that. If you let me just talk, then I'll <laughs> probably talk and... Well, that's what you're supposed to do. I know, but... <laughs> um, I'm taking questions. Okay. <laughs> questions are being taken, <laughs> officially. I think what I'm really fascinated by from the conversations that we've had throughout this process that you've been going through since that time of your life is the aspect of how being the person who breaks up with someone or being the person who has to make that decision that this is the time where we go our separate ways is just as challenging as being in the other shoes, that there is aspects of it that are painful. And I think it's easy to look at someone who's in those shoes and think, Oh, well, they, they, they're fine. I'm sure they're okay. Or they don't have to take time to heal as much. It's less of that support can be given in that space because it's assumed that the person who's on the other end of that, who's receiving that might be in more pain, but like to see your process and to see what you went through in just making that decision alone. And then that healing process that has come from that, it's shown me the part of being the one to walk away can be just as challenging or challenging in a different right. Hmm. And I'm curious your thoughts on that. I I guess what I'll say is I didn't know, I didn't realize how hard it would be um, to make a decision that uh, like I knew was the right decision to make, even though um, like it's, it's hard to make a decision where you know pain is going to come from it. Mm. Um, so when I think about um, like making decisions, it's always like, okay, uh, what college am I going to go to or what job am I going to take or what is my next run adventure going to be? And thinking about those decisions as being like life-giving and like, uh, like I'm excited to make these decisions and this is a decision that I wasn't fully excited to make <laughs> because – Although I knew it was the right one, it was still hard to, um, it, it was scary to step into a space where it's like, I know there's going to be a massive change going on and I know it's not going to be an easy change. And is it just better to, um, like, what else can I work on within the situation to make it better or make it more manageable? Um, and that's, that I was in that space for a long time where I just wanted to um, try and fix and work on things because at the end of the day, I'm not someone who likes to give up very easily, especially on things that I've invested a lot of time and love and energy into and things that I'm like, okay, no, there's still, there's still life to be had here. Mm. Um, but that's where I think the reflective and the, the self-reflective mode comes into play where it's like, okay, um, I, uh, I'm aware of how I'm feeling and I'm aware of where this might go. And I'm pretty confident that 
it is time to take a step back and take a step away. Um, and that was hard because it was like, it, like I said earlier, there's people that do, there's people that don't, and there's people that are lost in between. And I was lost in between for a really long time. And um, like there, <laughs> I was at Planet Fitness yesterday and this guy, he was asking me about my nose ring and he wanted to get one. And he's like, man, I really want to get one. And I'm like, okay, then get one. He's like, well, did it hurt? I'm like, yeah, it hurt a little bit. He's like, okay, like, I keep hearing about infections. Like, is that, like, and I also want to get the hoops. And they say, and it was like, I got to the end, and I'm like, hey, man, like, you either want it or you don't. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, you can either, you can you can go through this process, and you can say, I want this nose ring, but put every obstacle in the way, every question, everything that's going to stop you from doing it. Or you can just do it mm. or not do it. Like, I don't care, man, but make a fucking decision. <laughs> and I was joking with him about it, and he, it was it was very lighthearted. But that's kind of how I felt, where I was, like, super lost in the middle. And although I knew in my heart what uh, the right decision was, it was, it was still, like, uh, confronting that. And that's scary. I, confronting things is, is in, a, in some ways, I like doing, but in a lot of ways, when it comes to, like, oh, this is... Like, this isn't just me reflecting on a past experience where I can just sit with it by myself. Like, this is, involves other people. Yeah. And so, yeah. I like what you said about... Oh, my train of thought escaped me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where'd it go? I don't know. Um... Would it be on the being lost in the middle, being lost in um, Oh, okay, okay, I'm back, I'm back, I'm good. back, I'm back. Okay, we're good. We're, we're in good. it. Thank you for that patience. Um the decisions that you make that have hurt behind them and knowing yeah. that like I think that this applies to many different things. Obviously it applies to heartbreak, breakups, whatever, relationships ending, whether that's friendships, familial relationships, work, whatever that looks like. But it also has like so many different aspects of life, you know, are a part of that. Like there, and I wonder if it feels like, I know what it feels like for me, but if for you, it's like this worry of, am I making the right decision? If there is such pain behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I've moved on since, and I think that person has too. But I think one of the one of the things that I've realized since then is these types of conversations I would have liked to have had with that person, and not just with my journal. Mm. And so I think that's where a lot of the breakdown came from. Was can we have these conversations? And I think that's kind of where it, it lied. And that's where the decision was like, oh, like, why am I spending all this time doing this alone instead yeah. of having it with the person that's involved? Yeah. And like seeking out guidance from like a sister or um, like you. And it's like, 
yeah, that guidance can be super helpful. But if I can't have that conversation with that person, then I think that's a that kind of amp, like it's a it kind of screams the problem. Yep. So. And they've seen a change in that in the last however many months. Yeah. Like you clearly are able to have those conversations mm-hmm. with your new situation, which is amazing mm-hmm. because, you know, of course, like me and your sister and your friends, like we all want to be there for you when we can. But I feel this way too with Jack. Like I want to make sure that I can trust him with my most vulnerable stuff, yeah. you know? And like when you're in that relationship, you want to make sure that that person is, is your person that you can trust with everything and that you can go to other people for other things. But it is interesting, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like, when you get into the, a relationship where you feel that, and you feel that sense of trust and that sense of this is the person I go to for everything, it does kind of dynamically change other relationships a bit that used to be that kind of source for that. Mm. And maybe that's even for us. Like, maybe we are shifting in that way of, like, we have the ability to talk about things. But, like, when you know, we first met, I was single and like we were having more of those conversations and being reliant on one another Mm. for maybe more of those things than we are now that we have partners that Mm. we, I don't know. I'm just, my brain is just going. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, because those, those questions are being nurtured in a different with a different person Mm. and that's really good and i think like um yeah like just the moving on point of feeling like okay this is um this is somebody that not only enjoys that like not only can have those conversations but really engages with them it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it, it, it leaves me not, I don't know, like, it sounds weird to say, but like not needing to have that with you. Yeah. And that feels good. Like, yeah, that feels good. Yeah. I don't think that's weird. I think it's. It might be more weird the other way. Like. Right. That's, yeah. Like, I feel like maybe part of it was when you were in that relationship prior, it was like, we were having conversations, but you owned that. Like you knew that, like we were talking about things that you wanted to be able to have those conversations in the situation you were in. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a weird dynamic for like us to adjust to as well. And maybe like, this is like making my mind go, Oh, I think I get it now. Like, I think Mm. I understand. And I don't think this is bad. Like I think, I'm going to go down. No, I'm good. <laughs> I think that it's part of life and it exists across all different relationships where as we get older and we get into different dynamics with whether that be like I'm getting married and you're in a healthy relationship and someday like I'm going to have kids and maybe you'll you will or like we'll start different situations and different families like our relationships will always change and evolve with that. And I feel that way with my college friends. Like I feel that way with so many different people, but it's like, how do you address that head on to Mm. be able to be like, Hey, we're kind of going through this shift right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe we didn't notice it until now, but like we got to make sure that we find our new rhythm Mm. that our relationship can exist within. Mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. You're, that's a question I hadn't really thought about, but maybe felt. Um, but yeah, that's. It is shifting. Which is good. But yeah, that <laughs> I don't know that that put me on the spot there. <laughs> I am so excited to share with you about an event that I'm participating in. I'm participating in the NAMI walk this year. If you are unsure what NAMI is, it is so important. It's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And they put on walks across the country every single year to raise awareness and money for mental health. And so I um, am so excited to participate in the Utah one. It's May 21st. If you're local to Utah, I would love for you to join my team. I'm a team captain. You can sign up using the link in the bio below and you can just join team. It's hard. And I will be getting t-shirts for everyone who joins my team. So um, I'm really excited. So please do that if you're local to the Utah area. I also will be hosting a style social at Evereve City Creek Mall. If you're interested in that, that's going to be on Sunday, April 24th from 2 to 4 p.m. And you can RSVP um, just DMing me on Instagram if you come across this. I would love to see all there. 15% of proceeds at the Style Social Forever will go towards the NAMI walk team for our team in Utah. If you're not local to Utah, I really encourage you to still join a team um, and participate in a NAMI walk. It's such a great way to, again, end the stigma, work towards raising awareness for mental health. Um, and if you can't make it to the walk, but you want to donate to my team, the link is in the bio below to see my team page and you can donate towards my goal of $1,000 before May 25th. First. So let's get walking and raising awareness for mental health. Like we're used to a certain rhythm mm -hmm. with how we exist with each other. Yeah. And we need from each other. Yeah. And it, it like there was almost hesitation of even talking about it because it's uh, it's almost like it's comfortable for us to go back to that. Yeah. Like, like that's, uh, like, w w I think we had a strong, like that almost brought us closer together where it's like, okay, I can really trust this person and I can be open and I can have like some really good conversation, but now I don't need that right now. And now it's like, I don't want to go back to that just because I need to fill the space to have a good, thoughtful conversation. Yes. So, but, but it is like we talked about yesterday in the car, like there's a lot that's come out of that into this new like chapter where there are things that like, I don't know, like. I don't even know where I want to go with this thought, but <laughs> it's hard because, uh, like I said yesterday, it's, it's like, things are just good. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's for me, it's not fun to talk about the good stuff for me. It's like when things are good for me, I want to turn my ears on and listen because, uh, I don't need to talk about the good things right now. Yeah. Like those, those are kind of like my things to keep. <laughs> I got to hold on you to like those. Keep those. <laughs> yeah. 
just something like that's really I mean, yeah, I, I feel kind of like shocked by the discovery as well of like, yeah, this is probably something that we're experiencing right now. And it's probably something that we'll have to continue to just talk about and figure out, like, what do we need from each other? Mm. How can I support you still, but be a respectful supporter yeah. because your relationship is important and my relationship is important. And it's different because, you know, you know, Jack and you guys yeah. have gotten to know each other. So, like, there's a different aspect and, like, I'm excited to have that, too. Mm -hmm. And I want that because then I think it's easier to also figure out your dynamic because you can support. And I think when you come back in the summer, that'll be good because, like, a problem I was having with my older sister back in school was I would only ever call her when things went wrong. Mm. And so I don't want that to be us, us yeah. because it was like whenever car, uh, like I'd call my sister Cara, she'd be like, okay, here comes some bad news. Mm -hmm. And it like almost trained her to f like, this is, he's calling for this reason. And so uh, I think when you come back in the summer, it'll be super nice because it'll be like, all right, now you'll like, I want to welcome you into the world of good yeah. and let you experience it and let you see it. And it's not like that's all we ever talk about is bad things, but um, that will be nice to not just come up here and tell you about these things like we did on the way um, to the salt flats yesterday, but uh, allow you and Jack to like come into that and see yeah. that. Cause then you'll know it's, it's sort of like the run where it's like, I can talk about it, yes, but I can't, I can't, I can't give you the experience. Like I can't talk you into feeling the experience. Like I just want you to come experience it. Yeah, just breaking chairs. <laughs> That's so true because I'm curious, or, you know, I feel like that aligns again with so many different aspects. Like people ask me about Jack and I'm like, I can't even explain to you this human. <laughs> like, he is the nicest human. Does he frustrate the heck out of me sometimes? <laughs> yes. But like he is the kindest, most loving. Like I'm so lucky. I feel so blessed to be in his presence every day. Right. Like he, I'm so blessed with him. And like our relationship is something that I feel so strong about and mm. so confident and comfortable in. And like, it's the same thing. Like I can tell you that all day long, like before you knew Jack, yeah. it's like, I could tell you all those things about him, yeah. but until you come here. And even I think this weekend was your first time really spending time with just him. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like you can't know that you can't feel that to your core. And same thing with your run. Like I think so many aspects of life, like I can't tell you what this feels like until you experience it for yourself. Mm. And I, that's a, I love that aspect because I'm excited to experience her for myself mm -hmm. and be in that and be in that with you both because then I think there's a lot more clarity on our stance with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it on the head. Hit it on the head. Just drop the mics mm -hmm. right now. I don't even know how far we are in, but um, I want to talk a little bit too about about the videos that you <laughs> create. You know how much I love your yeah. videos. Yeah. Oh, the videos. So. What do you want to know? 
I just... What do you want the listeners to do? I want them to know... Hey, listeners. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Mock Dowdell. <laughs> I want the listeners to know how this idea of creating videos... And when I say videos, like, I'm not talking, like, high-end video content. I'm talking, like, this is on your iPhone. Like, mm-hmm. this is really, like, relatable and semi-simple content. It's not easy, but it's simple and it's it's effective. But how you got inspired to do stuff like that, because you've used it in more ways than just communicating with people and introducing them into your life. Like, you've yep. made videos for people that are important to you. You've made videos for many different things so how did that get inspired yeah um so there's this there's this guy brogan graham who is the co-founder of november project which is a free fitness workout all levels it is hands down the best experience you'll go to wednesdays and fridays (laughs) 52 cities uh there's probably one in your city Um, unless you live in salt lake unless you live in salt lake um but Super cool. Definitely go check it out. November Project. And it's on Instagram. But he would send video messages to, um, like, he sent a few to me. He'd send some to Andrew. Like, just would send them to all these people. And so when I'd see him in person, like, uh, he, he, like, he just had this energy about him where he was, like, trying to connect with people. And one of the things that he said was, like find someone that you haven't talked to in since high school or someone that uh, like you just have lost connection with and sort of like you don't want to send a text because a text ties you down to maybe like a full on conversation that might be like, like long pauses in between responses and just like not super helpful. And you don't want to pick up the phone and call cause you're like, do I want to spend 30 minutes on the phone? Like, what do I even talk about? And so I just started utilizing that and being like, okay, so I can send a video message of like, Hey, what's up? So-and-so like, how have you been? I, I checked out your page and like, I saw that you're up to this, like, that's super cool. Would love to hear more about that. Like I'm on a run right now. I'm just thinking about you, (laughs) blah, blah. blah. And it's just like quick and simple, but I would get people that would pick up the phone right away and call me that I haven't talked to in five years, or they would send back a video and they'd be like, just so overjoyed and it just was this really cool response and then um when i met my sweet sweet lady um (laughs) uh, i went on a work trip that was five to six weeks long and um we just kind of started talking and to like instead of just calling and texting and facetiming we would send like movies to each other (laughs) that were anywhere from 30 seconds to three and a half minutes long. And it would just be our day. And it was a, it, it, the more we did it, the more creative we got with it. And it was sort of like, here's how I'm viewing the world today. Mm -hmm. And while I'm viewing the world, I'm thinking about you. And it was really special because now we like hundreds of videos of us just like sharing, um, the beginning of our relationship and seeing how that, um, like I love going back and just watching some of those and just being like, we barely knew each other at the time, Mm -hmm. but we like just being able to see the world through her eyes and being able to share it in mine and, um, 
to stay in touch in a way where it was much more than a text message or like you could feel everything in those videos. And so I've used it in, with friends and connecting with old friends. I've used it in my relationship and I've also used it in ways of like meeting with people in the running community that I look up to. And mm -hmm. so there's a few people that I've sent while I'm out on these work trips where I'm just like, Hey, what's up? Like I, I did it with the iron cowboy who's in Provo, Utah, which is like 40 minutes South of here, but he just got done. Well, not just got done, but when I was here, what is it? Last year, um, last April, last April. No. Yeah. Cause I came through. No, we didn't live here then. I know, but that's when I did. So, oh. um, he did a hundred iron distance triathlons in a hundred consecutive days. So he did a hundred in a row yeah. and I came out here, I was passing through on a work trip and, um, I was out here for day 50, like community, anybody can come out and do any portion of it. And it was just super cool. He's a hero of mine, like someone that I look up to, someone who actually got me into this whole running thing. And so I've just um, observed him from a distance. And um, when I was here in, what was that November, mm -hmm. December time, um, I sent him a video message like, hey, what's up, Iron Cowboy? Like, my name's Mark. Like, I watched your documentary on Netflix. And... Um, it was the thing that got me into running and got me into running with a purpose. And here are some of the things that I've done, like, and it was just like different cuts, different angles, me just like jumping up and down, like doing goofy stuff, doing handstands, <laughs> talking in the, like the phones on the ground and I'm doing a handstand over, <laughs> over the phone, like, ah, oh, what's up? Just like goofy stuff because it was me. And I was, on brand. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was me being able to show myself and. Um, I sent it to him and I was just like, uh, basically the end of the video was just like, would love 10 minutes or less. I'll be in, I'll be in Utah in, in a less than a week and would love like a chance to just say hello and, and ask a question, one question and end up, he sent me a text like, this is awesome. Like, why don't we meet for lunch? And so I actually got to sit down with him for an hour and 20 minutes and ask him questions and have a conversation with him. And um, and I've done that with a few other people that I've looked up to and it's just like, it's been so helpful in so many different ways where you send that to someone that's a friend and they feel extremely special. And like, it's, it's, it's a way for you to connect with a person and it almost like breaks down. Like there is that nerve of when someone calls me, not that it happens, but it would be like anxiety ridden yes. if I got a call from someone and I'm just like, I don't really want to talk right now, but I can send a message in it and I can show my face and, and show all the emotion and the energy. And then they can take the time to digest that and like come back with a response or just say, this was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Like, like protect your energy yeah, in that way. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. And like allow like, it just like releases the stress from or the, the anxiety from the situation. Mm. And so it's helped in friends. It's helped in reconnecting with old friends. It's helped in my relationship. It's helped with meeting people that I want to be mentored by or just be closer to because they're in a place where I'd like to be in 10 years. 
And so, yeah, if anybody is listening to this, <laughs> the one takeaway from this podcast should be send video messages. Yeah. They're so, they've actually changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to be anything fancy. Like, I remember when you first started doing it, you would literally send them in, like, an Instagram DM yeah. to me. And, yeah. like, I have your number. Like, we, we text. But, like, you would just send them there in there, and it would be, like, related to whatever. It's hard was going mm-hmm. on, whatever things. Just, like, you're thinking about me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, oh, like, I feel so loved. Because <laughs> it's, like, you know that that's, like, they're not just copy and pasting right. a text message or whatever, just saying hi. Like, they're sending something that's specific to you. Yeah. And I love that. And you did it when you first met your sweet, sweet lady, too. And that was how you got really a date with her. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) She somehow said yes. Yeah, she said yes. (laughs) And then she didn't respond to my text message. So because it's me, (laughs) I sent her a video message and I cut it up and put it together and I sent it to Full edit. Full edit. <laughs> Never met this person. And thank God she loved it. She did. <laughs> she loved it. But what's interesting about that, I was actually thinking about this when I was thinking about our podcast. And I think so often, especially in the dating realm and just many different things, people are so worried about fitting into this mold, right? Of like, well, you kind of have to fall again back to like you follow these rules, you follow these expectations, you do all this stuff that is like, quote unquote, expected. Yeah. And what I find really cool is that had you not sent that video, I don't know that you two would be where you are today. Mm. Like that struck a chord with her that was like, I resonate with this. This is somebody I would like to get to know better. Whereas if it was someone who wouldn't have liked that, they wouldn't be the right fit for you yeah because that's part of you yeah I, I remember talking to her about that on our first date i it was like you know at first i hesitated because i was like this is super weird mm-hmm. but it also is super me and so i thought about it and i was like worst case scenario she doesn't like it and that's actually best case scenario because then i know mm-hmm. um but i talked about this on our first date and uh, like I, I went into why run, like running was important to me. I didn't really get into the details of the runs that I had done. And that's a whole other conversation, which we can talk about. Yeah. But I remember talking, I was like, I sent the video because it's not my job to filter who I am to a way that I think that you'll like me. Mm. Like my job as being me is to be me and allow you to make that decision for yourself because by trying to be like, Oh, I don't think she'd like this. Like that's me making decisions for her. Mm -hmm. And that's not my job. My job is to just be myself and allow her the opportunity to uh, take a step forward or take a step back. And that, you know, kind of, goes with the the theme of what we've been talking about is like releasing and mm. releasing the pressure it's like it's not my job to control the narrative or control how i think that they think about me mm-hmm. it's just like <laughs> it's like this is who i am and if you like it great if you, you don't, don't great great <laughs> That's okay. On to the next. On to the next. But that's a good, and we talked about this. This is like so many of the things we talked about on our walk that one day, which I Mm -hmm. love. And I want to dive into that, like why you didn't tell her about the running, but the making decisions for somebody and how like that is not your job. And that can, 
you know, be in many different parts of life again, but it's a centered around the fact that we spend a lot of time assuming and probably from a place of protecting ourselves, quote unquote, or maybe we deep down don't want that situation to occur. We don't want that to happen or, you know, we don't want that person in that space with us. And so we just cover it up by saying, well, they wouldn't want to do this or they wouldn't like this or they wouldn't want to be a part of this. Instead of asking them and allowing them to make that decision for them, we are controlling the situation. Yeah. Yeah, because it's scary. It's yeah. scary putting yourself in a position where they could say, I actually don't like that. Yeah. And that's one of the toughest things to do. Um, but it's like, you have to ask yourself what you really want. Mm. I had been in a place where I, I couldn't have those conversations. And so I was like, I'm going to set myself up where this is going to be sort of not the expectation, but like the, this is how I am. And this is how the type of relationship I want. And it is like an open flowing conversation of me just being me and telling you how I feel. And, um, and yeah, like not trying to make the decision for them, but allow them to make that decision for themselves Mm -hmm. because that's all like I can there's too much to worry about there's too much to like, I can't worry about what um like what a person I'm in a relationship with or a person I'm in a friendship with or a person I'm just meeting for the first time like there's too much going on to try and control how they're going to perceive me mm. because that's uh, you can't even yeah. when you try to you can't oh that's really good so that's so good. Yes. Because like, oh, I struggle with that so much of like trying to worry so much about is everyone having a good time? Are they doing a good, are they happy? Are they this? Are they that? And yeah. it's like, that's not my job. Like that's not my role to sit in that space. My role is to be me and allow myself to be present in that moment. Mm. And then things will happen as they happen. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday, and I think this is something good to touch on, too, that you had written down things that you wanted in a partner. Mm. I did the same thing when I got out of my relationship. Like, I wrote down things I wanted in a partner because sometimes when you're in those really challenging situations, it's hard to remember or figure out what your standards are. And you said, you know, one of those things was being able to have those conversations, being able to connect with somebody on that level. And... I think a lot of people are in that space of, you know, what do I want next or what, how can I go from the situation that was really not great for me to figuring out what I want in a future partner? And is that even possible? Cause I know I've gone back and looked at my journals and it's amazing how the things I wanted in a partner are exactly what Jack is. So what's that process been like? I don't know, just being, um, not seeking it, but just believing it and knowing that, um, it, it start it like it, it really starts like what, what I just said, like it just starts with knowing deep down what I want and believing it's going to be true 
by just me walking in my in my skin and walking in my shoes and like part of the reason I didn't tell her about the runs that I did I told her why the running was important to me um without having to say oh yeah I ran across the state of Minnesota like um because I well one I didn't want to scare her off (laughs) but two I didn't want to use it as a crutch to be like oh you should like me because I did this um and again like growing up and going through high school and college, you know, um, I was introduced as like, Hey, this is Mark. He's a three sport athlete. You should meet him. Hey, this is Mark. He plays football and lacrosse in college. Like you should meet him. And being like, like what's wrong with, Hey, this is Mark. Get to know him. And so like, I wanted her to get to know me just based on me. And, Knowing she would, it's like, I'm not going to hide. It's like not an an act of like trying to hide information, but more like, can I show her, if I can show her my heart and she can understand that, then sh- when she does come to find out or I do open up and I talk to her about these runs, she'll be like, that makes total sense. Yes. Like I understand that now. Yeah. And um, it, uh, like, it's kind of like starting from in and being like, hey, this is me because what if tomorrow I don't want to run, yes. you know, like what yes. if, what if things change? But the, uh, the thing that's not going to change is my heart and the things that make me, me. So I think just knowing that and doing that and being that and, yeah. um, it's easier said than done, but it's also like, just, it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> That's really good. And honestly, that's like full circle, I think, and a great place for us to, to end because I remember in our first conversation, we talked about identity and mm. like talked about when you're an athlete, when this is something that I think we did. I'm pretty sure we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. Like when this is something that's a part of who you are, there's assumptions that go along with that. Mm-hmm. There's an existence of like, oh yeah. And even me, like when I first knew of you, I like just knew of you because you were on the cross team. Yeah. Like that was all I really knew. Just a football guy. Yeah, you do with a football <laughs> guy. Um, but like that was like what I knew. I was like, oh yeah, Mark with the man bun and the on the lacrosse team, you know? But it's like to know you now, I was talking about this with Jack yesterday when you were just freaking yeeting it up the <laughs> mountain. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I was like, if you would have asked me four years ago if Mark Dowdle would be in my state running up a mountain, <laughs> me just watching him, like, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. But, like, it's so full circle because it's like when you decided to, like, really tap into who you were, like, the people that have attracted to you and that you've, the the circle, the community, the love, the success in many different aspects of your life that you've achieved like that's something that's so fucking cool you know and like just our friendship in general just for me selfishly is like I'm grateful that like those shifts happen because what if you know we never met and this never existed it's just a really really cool thing so I love you I love you too (laughs) yeah I I second that really grateful i was thinking about that on the run this morning i was like i'm like really grateful that i'm at page because mm-hmm. through that i've had a really good friendship with her and i've been able to meet like someone like i met jack and like 
last night was so fun. You like, guys, that was the so first cute. time him and I got to really be together, and um, then I got to meet Josh and Allie, and it's just like I'm really excited about right now, yeah. and it's it's has everything to do with people like you and people like Jack, and like so, thank you. Yeah, really, really grateful for it. Oh, thank you. That feels good to hear because I'm not going anywhere. You're kind of stuck yeah. with me now. It's been two and a half years. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're stuck with us. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for being my first ever return guest. You're the best. Boom. Boom. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show. I love you, love you, love you, and just can't wait to see him next and, you know, all the things that he's up to. So, again, follow him on Instagram at markdonald 22 Follow It's Hard Podcast at It's Hard Podcast. And rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. NAMI Walk is coming up. Pay attention for that. And I look forward to hearing from you all next week. So, have a great rest of your week.